Greetings, adventure. Welcome to D20 Academy. I'm your host, Shalo Kaneshiro, and today is episode 8, Class Spotlight, Barbarian. Alright, so before we jump into today's episode, I just want to address a few things. Uh, I want to apologize that I haven't uploaded uh, yesterday or on Friday. I was really busy, and it was Memorial Day, and tons of things were happening. Um, but I do hope to get back on track posting every single weekday from uh, now on. And I also just want to talk about some new segments and little series I have planned for this podcast. Every Monday, I want it to be Monster Monday. I want to highlight a different monster, talk about its abilities, um, its, the environments it might live in, and how DMs can use it uh, to create really cool encounters and to use those monsters uh, to the best of their ability. Uh, and also every week, maybe every Tuesday, I'm not sure, I do want to spotlight, uh, focus on a different class as well. Uh, which is what I'm going to be doing today. Talk about their descriptions, their stereotypes, uh, the synergies they have with races and backgrounds. I want to spotlight different class features they may have, break down the subclasses, all that good stuff. Uh, so today, uh, I'm going to be doing that with a barbarian. So let's just uh, get right into it. So the first thing I want to do uh, when talking about the barbarian is just kind of describe it a little... Um, if maybe you're unfamiliar with the class or don't really understand it. Uh, basically, barbarians um, are quite a fantasy staple, definitely, in, in fantasy video games and things like that, board games. Um, they're typically the big, brawny character, maybe a giant or a dwarf or an orc uh, with like a large battle axe or a large hammer, just going straight into battle, taking all the hits, um, just whacking creatures left and right. Um, they're a really, really cool class. But basically, in D&D, uh, that stereotype still fits, uh, you know, pretty obviously with this class. Uh, but they are all kind of connected by something called a rage, which I will get into uh, in a second here. But the kind of defining thing about barbarians in D&D 5e is their rage. And it's kind of this mode they go in uh, that, you know, makes them much more powerful. And this rage can be attributed, uh, story, like, character-wise, to maybe them being loyal and trying to protect the ones they love, or maybe by bloodlust and revenge. Either way, this, this rage makes them go on these massive killing sprees where they can take tons and tons of damage while still standing and be dealing out, uh, you know, really devastating blows with their weapons. And they are kind of vassals of nature. Um, they're much more you know, animalistic, and about the natural world, forest, tundra, things like that. And in the book, it describes them a little more as also kind of anti-civilization, um, because, you know, civilization is very ordered and lawful, whereas nature is much more chaotic and, and you know, survival of the fittest, things like that. Um, I will get into here in a second that, you know, playing about stereotypes and things like that, but that's kind of how it's described in the book. Uh, they're bestial, they thrive off pain, danger, um, all the things like that. Typically, if, if you hear, like, Barbarian and you know any kind of fantasy video game or board game or anything like that, you probably know who I'm talking about. They have, like, a wolf pelt over their back and an axe and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a basic description of what a Barbarian is. Um, so let's just get into stereotype real quick. Um, the basic Barbarian stereotype, like I said... Um, typically a big, tall, hulking person, very muscular, uh, hardly any armor on, and they're the tank or the front line of the party. Um, I do want to get into, maybe even tomorrow actually, about party dynamics, 
having a balanced party, you know, with wizards and ranged and melee fighters and all that kind of thing. Um, but barbarians are definitely the tank of the party. They go straight into battle. They can take tons of damage without falling. Um, they can deal tons of damage uh, through melee attacks. So if that sounds enticing to you, that's great. Uh, I think they're a really, really cool class. Um, really dynamic. Uh, it's definitely fun to play early on in the campaign. Um, just being a barbarian, they're very powerful to start off as. Um, the rest of the classes kind of even out as you start to level up and things get more balanced. But at the beginning, barbarians are definitely very, very strong. They are the only class that has um, a d12 for their hit dice. If you don't know what that means, that's totally fine. It just means that they have, on average, way more starting health than any other class. And as they level up, they're going to get more health, health as well. And that's because barbarians are meant to take damage. They're meant to go straight into the fray, take all the hits, and that's kind of their whole thing. Um, playing off of the, the stereotype, typically a barbarian, a stereotypical barbarian is someone who's just really strong, um, but kind of dumb, um, really low intelligence, but really high strength, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, that's, that's just kind of the stereotype of a barbarian. That can be totally fine to play, though. Um, like I said in earlier episodes about playing a stereotype, because that is a stereotype of a barbarian, if you want to play a barbarian, by all means, you can play that kind of a little bit dumber or naive kind of barbarian who's just really strong and muscular and just really loyal. That can be really fun. And if you watch or listen to Critical Role, um, in the first campaign, one of the characters, Grog, is kind of that stereotype. Big, hulking, goliath, um, really strong, really powerful, but a little, a little dumb. And, you know, he, he's created a really, uh, Travis Willingham, who plays him, has created a really uh, wonderful character and a really comedic and just lovable character, even through that stereotype. So, by all means, you can totally play that stereotype. But also, um, you can definitely create a barbarian who is, you know, more intelligent and more learned. Um, in the book, it kind of says barbarians come from, like, clans or kind of tribes, things like that, like in nature. But I think barbarians can also definitely be a part of civilization, even be pro-civilization. They don't all have to be, like, tear down the city and for nature and animals and freedom and all that kind of thing. Um, I also want to get into, you know, alignment and your character's ideals and all that kind of thing later as well. So, once again, if you, you can totally play that stereotypical bar barbarian, but I also encourage you to, you know, you can play a barbarian who is much more intelligent and, you know, very wise and you know, I, th I think a really cool character, uh, one that I've always kind of wanted to play, is like an older, seasoned barbarian. You know, kind of like the elder of, of a tribe or whatever. Uh, you know, they've, they have a lot of experience and they've learned a lot. So even though they're very strong, uh, they can also be like, you know, they have a lot of foresight in there. Very smart as well. That, that can be really cool. Um, so you don't have to play a stereotype, stereotypical barbarian if you don't want to. Uh, sometimes you can explore uh, a really cool storyline, really cool character arc. Uh, in not going with the stereotype. But yeah, typically their strengths are in going into battle, taking hits, dealing lots of melee damage. Uh, and their weaknesses, though, are in versatility uh, and range. If a barbarian is not, there's no enemies that they can run up to and hit, they're going to have a really hard time in battle. Um, barbarians are based off of strength, the, the ability score strength, which means that 
they prioritize melee weapons, axes, swords, things like that, rather than bows and crossbows, um, which use dexterity. So they need to be next to the people they're attacking to really get the most out of their attacks. Um, there are some things like javelins and tomahawks, some weapons that still use strength that have a little bit of range, and they can definitely use those as well. But they do their best work when they can just be swinging an axe or a hammer or a sword, something like that. And so when they can't do that, whether depending on the environment um, of the encounter or maybe the enemy has wings or something, it may be harder for them to be useful in battle when they can't be dealing melee damage to their enemies. Um, also, they're not very versatile. They kind of just have a straight kind of combat style, which is go into battle, take hits, deal melee damage. Um, just swing your axe. They don't have a lot when it comes to class features and things like that um, for a lot of versatility in different situations. Nowhere near like a spellcaster would have or someone like a bard would have. Um, I'll, I'll probably get into bard next week. But that's kind of their weakness. And also, they can get a little... Um, monotonous they uh because the, the at least in battle their the strategy basically the whole class is based around is just going in there taking hits swinging the axe around that can get a little boring for some people if you're new to the game don't really care much about the rules and that kind of thing yes you can still totally get enjoyment out of that that it's, i mean it's still really fun to just be you know running into things and just killing goblins and all kinds of things that can still be really cool, but as you, you know, progress through levels and things, that can get a little monotonous to be playing just that strategy over and over and over again. People like spellcasters, they have so much versatility when it comes to combat, so many different things they can do. Not only can they, like, shoot fireballs, they can also, you know, take control of people, or they can levitate things around, or change the environment. All these really crazy things spellcasters can do. And though they're weaker in the first levels, combat never really gets monotonous for them because there's, they have so many options at their disposal. But if you're someone who finds spellcasting really daunting or, you know, the rules are a little too complex, Barbarian is definitely someone who you can have a lot of fun playing, even though the combat and things like that can get, you know, just very repetitive because it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and I don't really want to get into multiclassing, but you could also multiclass in a, you know, a, a ranger or a spellcaster as well if you do want to get a little versatility. But the class does not really uh, have any benefits from multi-classing. It's really only good when you only play that class. But anywho, so those are kind of the strengths and weaknesses about it. Um, but if you are trying to uh, maximize your character, if you're one of those people who loves to just be able to do the most, the most damage they possibly can in combat and the most powerful they can be, that's not a problem at all. Uh, that's just... You know, that's, some players are like that. They like numbers. They like feeling really powerful. That's totally fine. If you're one of those people, um, the best races to choose for Barbarian are Half-Orc, Mountain Dwarf, or Dragonborn. Half-Orcs, uh, all, all, all these uh, races, give a high bonus to Strength straight up uh, when you choose them. And Strength is, like I mentioned before, one of the more important abilities for Barbarians because... Strength is used for melee weapons, and that's what they're best at. Um, so their melee attacks will be stronger. And the second mo most important score for Barbarian is Constitution, because that means they're going to have more health, and more health means they can stay alive longer, take more hits. 
both Half Orc and Mountain Dwarf uh, give high bonuses to strength and constitution, so they are optimal picks. Um, for Barbarian, uh, a Dragonborn only gives a bonus to strength and their other bonuses to charisma, which, you know, doesn't have anything combat wise when it comes to a Barbarian, doesn't really add anything. Um, but those are probably the best three races to choose if you're trying to create a Barbarian who's the strongest they can possibly be. Um, Mountain Dwarf is the most, most optimal pick because they get a plus two to strength and a plus two to constitution, whereas a half-orc just gets plus two to strength and plus one to constitution. Um, however, a half-orc does have some other features about the race that can make them really, really good barbarians. For example, one of the most powerful features a half-orc has is, I believe it's called um, un Unrelentless Endurance or something like that, which means when they drop to zero health, they can drop. They can go back up to one instead, like a second wind of sorts. Um, so that is can be a really really clutch feature when it, uh, you know in the middle of the battle or things like that. Um, but if you want to totally make a, a powerful barbarian, half orc, mountain dwarf, and dragonborn are going to be the races you want to choose. The worst races for a barbarian are halfling, gnome, and elf. Uh, technically, a lot of the other races don't really have anything to do with Barbarian either, like Tiefling, they don't give any bonuses. Um, but when it comes to other things, not just the bonuses and bonuses to ability scores, um, Halfling and Gnomes are not very good because the strongest melee weapons are heavy two-handed weapons like hammers, great swords, uh, battle axes, things like that. And Halflings and Gnomes, because they're so small, um, do not do well wielding big weapons like that. So even though they don't Yes, they also don't have bonuses to, like, strength and constitution and things like that. Um, it's much harder for them to be barbarians just because they can't wield the most powerful weapons that barbarians can wield. Now, I also put elf in there, not because... I mean, an elf can totally be a barbarian. It's, there's not really any drawbacks there. They're not going to be as maximized as, say, a half-orc barbarian, but um, in stereotypical culture, like, an elf is much more tuned to, like, a ranger or a wizard than a barbarian. Now, saying this about the Halfling, the Gnome, and the Elf, and how they're the worst races for playing a Barbarian, rules-wise, yeah, they're not very good, and, or maybe stereotypical-wise, but that can also be something that's really cool. Playing a Gnome or Halfling Barbarian can be something that's really funny and actually could be really cool for your character. Um, that's a really cool, unique avenue to explore. Um, so I also think that that could also be a good thing to play. I'd, um, I don't just want you to think that you have to play the most maximized thing. If, if being the most powerful in combat and stuff like that doesn't really matter as much to you, uh, then yeah, playing like a half barbarian could be really funny, really cool. Uh, that's a really cool avenue to explore. Um, so for backgrounds, the best backgrounds for choose for, for barbarian, um, they, the backgrounds don't really add too much like bonuses or anything that matter too much in combat or gameplay. Uh, it matters mostly just with like role playing and character wise. Um, but for a barbarian, it's definitely outlander and folk hero. An outlander is someone who like lives in a tribe or a clan, um, you know, maybe like nomadic. That means they typically live like outside of civilization, um, in like a barbarian tribe or as hunters, or live in the forests or a wandering nomadic tribe in the in the mountains or things like that. That's what an outlander means, and that is the stereotypical barbarian. Um, you know, they live in clans outside of civilization, in nature, in the wild. Um, so if you want to kind of build more of a stereotypical bar bar barbarian, Outlander, definitely the number one pick. But right underneath that, I'd put Folk Hero. 
Folk hero just means that in your little village or town where you grew up, um, maybe you did some great feat or you were a great protector or a great fighter or something like that in that village, and you've become really expected, uh, sorry, respected there. And so maybe in your clan or maybe in a little village, if you're a barbarian where you grew up, you know, you fought off a goblin invasion or some great beast that terrorized the town, and so you're kind of seen as a, a hero there. That fits definitely into the strength of a barbarian, you know, the fact that they're so adept in battle and can be seen as very brave because they can just go right into danger and take hits and, you know, swing their swords and stuff. Um, so a folk hero could also be a good background for a barbarian. Uh, if you're steering the opposite end of the spectrum from stereotypical barbarian, it would be backgrounds like charlatan, guild artisan, and sage. Um, guild artisan is, of course, you know, you're like a cobbler or a leather worker or jeweler, things like that. You live in a civilization. That's, that's very against what the stereotypical barbarian is um, because it's definitely integral to civilization and trade and merchants. Like, that's something that's definitely a part of civilization. That is, you know, the, you don't really find that out in the wild in nature. Uh, and a sage is someone who's like maybe like a teacher, a professor, um, you know, someone who seeks learning. Uh, typically wizards are things like sages. That's quite against the barbarian stereotype as well. And a charlatan is, you know, someone who kind of grew up on the streets, maybe swindling people with loaded dice and marked cards, all that kind of thing. More charming, charismatic um, character. That's what the charlatan background is. And that's also against our stereotypical barbarian who is typically not super charismatic or intelligent um, or cunning, but it's more like, okay, hit things, and, like, that's it. But once again, just like with the races, if you want to play something that is against the stereotype and you want to have more of a unique experience, um, definitely you can pick one of those backgrounds. That could be really cool exploring what it was like growing up as a guild artisan and now being a barbarian. Or, you know, maybe you're a professor, you were once a professor or a student uh, at a university, but, like, now you're a barbarian. Like, why is that? What made that change? What are your ideals and things like that that made you shift from that kind of headspace into more of a animalistic, natural uh, kind of one? So... Against the stereotype would be those ones. Um, so those are kind of on the races and backgrounds, kind of the synergy there. Now I want to uh, spotlight two class features um, for the Barbarian. The number one class feature, the most important, the best part about the entire class is the class feature, Rage. Rage is kind of the epitome of the Barbarian. Um, in each class you'll find they each kind of have uh, one or two kind of defining traits that make them stand out from the other classes. Um, and some classes are much more defined than others. For example, Barbarian and Bard are very unique classes uh, in comparison to others. Whereas things like Fighters and Rangers are a little similar. Um, paladins and Clerics are a little similar. Uh, wizards and Sorcerers are quite similar. Um, but like things like Monks, Barbarians, Bards, they have very... Uh, distinct defining features in their classes and stereotypes that make them stand out from the other classes that can make them really, really fun to play. For the Barbarian, that ability is Rage. So without getting super in-depth into the rules and all the different bonuses and things that it does, essentially a Rage, you can enter it and it lasts for about a minute and you are stronger, you have all the damage you take from weapons, um, you deal more damage with your attacks, and it's just really cool. Last for a minute, you just go into this rage. Typically, you only need to rage once per battle. Um, battles shouldn't take more than a minute. Um, 
And so you can just be really, really powerful on the battlefield. Um, the fact that you have all weapon damage against you is very powerful. The bonus damage you deal with your attacks is very minimal. It doesn't really need to be there to begin with, but it's a cool little bonus. And also you have you know, an advantage on strength things, so you're much stronger. You can carry more, things like that. Um, when you're in a rage, though, there are some downsides. You can't cast spells, things like that. So if you were multiclassing or you had a spell scroll or something, you can't, um, you can't be casting spells or concentrating on spells when you're raging. Um, and a really cool f part about the rage, which I, I really like flavor-wise, is it ends if you didn't last turn or this turn hit anything or get hit. It encourages people who play Barbarian to go into the middle of the battle, take hits, deal damage, that kind of thing. Um, definitely supports a stereotype on, on, in that regard. So that, that, that's really cool. I like that, that it ends if you're not in the middle of the battle, in the, in the thick of it. That's really cool. So the Rage is definitely the defining feature of the Barbarian. Uh, really unique, really cool. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting uh, class feature. The second one I want to um, focus on is Reckless Attack. Reckless Attack is a super cool uh, feature in battle, combat-wise, and also flavor-wise. Basically what it means is you can choose when you make your attacks on your turn to either be reckless or not. If you choose not, it's just regular attacks. If you choose reckless, it means you get advantage on all your attacks, which means you have way more higher chance of hitting things. But if you choose to go reckless, that means that until your next turn, all attacks against you have advantage. And it's this, you know, you, you, it's very easy to picture this flavor-wise, story-wise, that you're just going crazy, you're swinging wildly, so you have a higher chance of hitting things, but you're leaving yourself much more open to getting hit. Uh, it's a really cool feature. It can be really clutch in battle. It can be, it's actually very, very powerful uh, in combat. And also... I just love the upside-downside choice part of it. That can make combat really fun when you have a choice between things. Um, definitely for a class that can get a little monotonous in combat, like the Barbarian. So Reckless Attack, really cool. So those are two uh, features, class features, I wanted to spotlight real quick. And so before we end this episode, I'll just go into uh, the, the subclasses um, quick. So there are, of course, more subclasses that are being released online and other books they're releasing, things like that. But for these class spotlights that I'm doing, I just want to focus on everything in the player's handbook. Just the base, base things. So for Barbarian, uh, the subclasses are called Primal Paths. Um, when you get to third level, you can choose which path to go on, and each one uh, provides different benefits along the way as you level up. The first one is called Path of the Berserker. Um, this is basically your basic Barbarian. Uh, they don't really describe much when it comes to flavor, um, or anything like that. It's just kind of like, okay, you're really mad, and you love battle, and you, you know, you're, you know, you have a lot of bloodlust and rage and all that kind of thing. Doesn't really describe anything more. It's just like your basic barbarian. Very powerful, um, but quite flavorless. The, uh, you know, the feature it gets at third level and other things like that. Really, really powerful. Really good in combat. There is no downside to taking the path of the berserker. It's really good. Uh, just, if you care kind of about the story, care more about flavor, care about making your character a little more interesting, uh, this is probably not the path for you. Uh, it's pretty bland when it comes to flavor and story, things like that. The other path you can choose is Path of the Totem Warrior. Uh, this one's pretty cool. 
I can't tell you if it's stronger or weaker than the Berserker because I haven't seen both really in action uh, that much, so I can't really compare. Um, but this one is much more flavorful. It's based on uh, animals and kind of like animal spirits, things like that. So at third level, sixth level, and fourteenth level, you can choose between three different animals, and what, depending on which of the animals you choose, you get a different ability. Um, so for people who like to make their character more unique, they like more choices and things, this is definitely the one for you if you like more flavor. Um, if your background, you know, maybe has something to do with this kind of animal um, or something like that. Uh, this this is, a, is a cool subclass. Is it weaker than the Berserker? Possibly. Um, but flavor-wise, and if you care more about having choices and making your character more unique, this is definitely the one you want to choose. Um, basically, at, at these different levels that I described, you get to choose between either the bear spirit, eagle spirit, and wolf spirit. You don't have to choose the same animal for each each um, each level. You don't have to choose bear for all of them or eagle for all of them or whatever. But choosing the same one can you know make your character stand out as you know make more sense. But you don't have to do that. It's fine. Basically, without going into the rules in every single level and things like that, the bear is about staying alive and tanking. Um, so, you know, it's more about damage against you will be halved and create attacks against any other creature except for you has disadvantage. Like, you're just making yourself a prime target with that can survive for a long time. Um, you can carry things, you have advantage on strength, all that kind of thing. That's what the bear is about. Really cool. The eagle is based around evasion. So, um, you know, being quick, uh, later levels, you can even start flying. You can have super far sight like an eagle. Um, they're, that, uh, the eagle's a really cool one. Uh, more focused on evasion, kind of perception, that kind of thing. And the wolf, uh, I can't really boil it down to really anything in particular, so I'll just say it's, it's quite versatile. At third level, it's more like a leadership ability. Um, your allies can get bonuses to their attacks against enemies, um, as if you're kind of inspiring them. At 6th level, uh, you gain the abilities of tracking things, um, which doesn't really have to do with the last one, but uh, that can be really cool. And then at 14th level, um, you can knock things over, knock them prone. So it's very versatile when it comes to combat and story and things like that, being able to track, inspire your friends, be able to push enemies over during combat. That's pretty good. Um, so the wolf is, is quite the versatile uh, choice. Um, so yeah, those are the two different uh, subclasses, Path of the Berserker, Path of the Totem Warrior. Uh, they're both really interesting. Uh, the Barbarian class as a whole is quite interesting. I really like it. It's very defined. Uh, it's not too muddy. It has a clear... Uh, it's, it's very clear what the playstyle is and how to play, the, how to play a Barbarian. Um, and yeah, if you're someone who you know, maybe isn't too much in the rules and nitty-gritty of, of D&D, Barbarian can be a fun class to play. It's, like I said, the playstyle is very obvious. Uh, it's, there's, you don't have, there's not a ton of decisions like spellcasting and, you know, nitty-gritty things like that. It's, you know, you just get a big weapon, you go in there, you rage, and you hit things. And so if you're someone who, you know, kind of likes things like that, that can be really fun. Uh, really cool character, really cool class, uh, a lot of things there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the spotlight of the Barbarian. Alright, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you learned something. I hope I answered some of the questions you might have had. 
Uh, just really wanted to talk about the barbarian and kind of get into more detail about it, the stereotype, subclasses, things like that. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a lot. Uh, uh, next week, I'm probably going to get into Bard, and the week after that, get into other classes and things like that. I really like doing these, uh, and I really you know, want to help out people who maybe are trying to figure out what class to play. Maybe at first, or maybe learn more about classes that they're not really sure about. But uh, there it is. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and have a great day.